Your focus needs more focus. That's me too. I love that. I, this was a good movie. This was Karate Kid. This is the next version of that. And it was a good movie. There are lots of little lines in there, kind of like little fortune cookie lines. Your focus needs more focus. And we, uh, we want to welcome you to Highland Church today. And we want to say that, uh, first of all, we want to say thank you to dads. And we have the perfect gift for dads. It's a barbecue with a NASCAR engine. So you can <laughs> pick one of these up at Walmart across the way there. Good to be back here in Paso Robles. I was out in Tennessee this last week near Memphis, just east southeastern Tennessee. We want to welcome those who are listening this morning from Memphis and uh, thank you for your hospitality and, and uh, we hope that you feel as much a part of Highlands Church as if you were here with us today. So we are beginning a new series today called Words of Wisdom and it is coming from the book of Proverbs. Has anybody here read the book of Proverbs and know anything about Proverbs in the Bible? It is a wonderful book, and we often sort of forget it. It's right sort of near Psalms, and we tend to read Psalms, and we skip over Proverbs. But people have asked me a lot, what is a book that I could pick up at 2 in the morning and get something out of? Or if I have just a lunch break at work, is there something I could, some book in the Bible I could just take some information from? And one of those is really Proverbs. There are literally one sermon sentences, one sentence sermons right there in the middle of Proverbs. And uh, you just read them and they're just powerful, powerful things. They kind of are like fortune cookies. Uh, To start this service today, we have fortune cookies. They have Bible verses in them. So don't worry about uh, what may be in the middle of that. Although I have gotten some weird fortune cookies over the years. Uh, Have you ever gotten a fortune cookie that says, put all your money and jewelry in the egg roll and no one gets hurt? I got one of those ones. Um, Another one I got said, it takes a tough man to make tender, tender chicken from a cat. So that was a restaurant I did not go back to. Um, another one said, today's dog in the alley is tomorrow's Mugu Gai Pan. So that, I didn't go back to that one. Um, I like this one. Man who, to, man, a man who looked to stale cookie for advice probably make good busboy. Ask waitress for application. So that's also true. Well, the book of Proverbs is actually a book that was written about the same time that Confucius wrote a lot of his sayings. People say that Confucius' thinking and his sayings are so ancient. Really, it was only about 550 to 650 uh, BC. This is not correct on this phrase. It should be BC. Solomon wrote the book of of, of uh, Proverbs. And he wrote about the year 500 BC. So when people say to you that Confucius's wisdom is so ancient, it's really no more ancient than Solomon. Of course, the Old Testament goes back 5,000 years before that. So we worship a true faith and a true uh, God. And we also worship a, a God which is much older. And so we, uh, we lift that up today. I want you to, I want to encourage you to read Proverbs this summer. It's such a fun, easy book to read, and it will give you little sermons, and you literally, they're one sentence long, and you can meditate on them all day. Let me lift up to you a couple of my favorite Proverbs as we begin this series. Uh, one of them is Proverbs 15.1. The gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. If you have an argument with someone, or there's someone at your workplace or your family who's really upset, a gentle sentence will actually bring peace into their lives. Another one I love is Proverbs 5.15, drink from your own cistern. The notion here is we should live our own lives. Don't live someone else's life. And also, you could cross-apply this to other things. Don't borrow a drink from your own cistern. Um, And it continues, and drink running water from your own well. Your life should be like running water. It should be coming out of your own well. Here's another one. Again, another good sermon, Proverbs 6, 24 through 26. Keep yourself from the immoral woman. I don't think this girl on the screen is immoral, but for the sake of today's message, do not lust in your heart after her beauty or be captivated by her eyes, for she will reduce you to a loaf of bread. 
Is that not powerful words? So we're going to take a look at this. Now, I just want to give you a framework for reading this book today. The main theme of this book is fear in God or deep respect for God. Now, most of us don't really like to think about being afraid of God. You probably weren't afraid to come to worship today. You weren't afraid to pray or sing majesty like we sang earlier today. But actually, if we are going to be the kind of people that God wants us to be, we have to approach our faith with a tiny bit of fear. We should approach God when we talk to God with just a little bit of our knocking of our knees. This last week, I spoke every night, five nights at this uh, Sunday school assembly in Tennessee, and then I spoke on the weekend. And so it's been a fun time. My nephew uh, sat in the front row. He's seven years old, and he sat in the front row of all my talks, which was nice. It's just that he got into an argument with his friend. As soon as my uh, talk would begin, he would start to say, no, it's mine. No, give it back. And that would continue throughout my talk. So this was hard uh, for me to focus on my message, and I think it was hard for others to focus on my message, harder than usual even. And so I tried to figure out what I would do to sort of instill a sense of fear or respect in my young nephew. Now, I remember when I was seven years old, and I was sitting in the front row, and my grandpa was preaching, and I had a similar little thing with a friend sitting next to me. No, that's mine. No, I... Quiet. And I remember that, and I'll never forget in the middle of my message, my grandpa, le- in the middle of my message, in the middle of my little argument, my grandpa leaned over and he looked at me and he said, Graham, silence, this is God's house. And I will tell you, I had a lot of fear in my life right then. <laughs> and ever since, my sermons have been really short because I think maybe that started right when I was seven sitting in the front row. So I figured, you know, this was kind of a Sunday school assembly. I would try this with my little nephew who was talking in the front row. I didn't want to put too much fear in him, so I just said, hey, nephew, you don't have to be here. Now, to my surprise, I thought he would just, you know, really have the fear of God in him. He actually put his hand up and said, I don't want to be here. True story. (laughs) And he walked out of the message. (laughs) So... The point here is that God wants us to actually have a little bit of fear in our lives. Not fear of me, not fear of church, but a a sense of deep respect, a sense of honoring, a sense that when we approach God, we're approaching somebody would be like a knight approaching a king and having the king put the sword upon the knight's shoulder. Let's take a look at the beginning of this book. And then again, this week, I just encourage you, you will not have a better experience than to read the book of Proverbs this week. Let's take a look at... Uh, the beginning of this chapter. It's Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. Let's just begin this together. This is how it begins. The Proverbs of Solomon, again, 550 BC, who is the son of David, the king of Israel. Remember Solomon the wise. How did he get this wisdom? He wants you to have the same wisdom. This is how you can get it. He says this, for attaining wisdom and discipline. Remember the word discipline and disciple are connected. You can't actually become a disciple unless you're willing to be disciplined. There has to be that sense of taking lessons from a master, like we saw in that introductory video, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. That's a sense of, of a sense of perspective in our lives, of a disciplined life, of doing what's right and wrong and just and fair. Do you ever feel that way? You just need to know which direction is right, which direction is fair. This is how you do it. You begin with that sense of fear about God. And he continues this way, for giving prudence to the simple, that would be me, knowledge and discretion to the young, 
Let the wise listen and add to their learning. That's you. And let the discerning get guidance. For understanding the Proverbs and the parables and saying the riddles of the wise. And here's the key. The key to this verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The Hebrew word for fear is actually yare. Would you say that with me? Yare. Yare literally means honor. The honor of the Lord. It means respect. The respect for God. It it means to um, have awe and devotion for. It means reverence. The reverence of God is the beginning of wisdom. Then he continues this, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. They actually don't want to have anyone tell them to do what they need to do. They actually want to make God in their image. They wouldn't want God to make them in God's image. They want to create their own God so they can actually, hey, see how small my God was? I'm not doing so badly. I actually don't like discipline. I don't know how many of us do, but I know that I need it. I'm taking this class, this doctoral class. Uh, this is my first class, and I'll tell you, I just finished it up. And right before I went off to Tennessee, I wrote my first paper. Now, you know, I've written so many papers in my life. So I had the TV going. I had, you know, some Cheetos and a cool drink there. I think I had my iPhone going, and the thing Haley was running around. Daddy, Daddy, it was fun. And I was writing brilliance. I mean, if there ever was a brilliant paper, I was putting it down. It was just flowing through me. I guess I'm this receptacle of brilliance. I'm a genius in my own way, I guess. And I just kept clicking away at this thing and sort of yawning as it went along. And finally, I just was so proud of this thing. I just, you know, I could just, I just pushed click because it was this distance learning class. And I sent it off to this seminary. I came back from my, uh, from my trip this last week expecting to open my computer up and find a or A+, because it was, I mean. So I was really surprised to, write that my, to see that my professor had written 75 out of 100. Not clear, flowing sentences, no focus. Your focus needs more focus, I think he said. And I don't understand a thing that you were saying. Now, when I was thinking that I was genius in writing this... I was on sort of my tiptoes, but now I've been upset all week long. How can he think that's a 75? And yet that's what I needed. I needed to be put back on my heels a little bit. I needed to have a sense that something was bigger than me. That there was a sense that there, was, that there were learning and there ideas that I have not attained yet. And God wants us to have that. And when we have that in our lives, we can actually become these people that God wants us to be. One book I really want you to read this summer, if you've read it a long time ago, read it again, and especially if you have kids, and that's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, because it's so much better than the movie. The movie was good, but the book is just stunning. And I love young Lucy, who's trying to figure out who God is. And remember, God in this book is Aslan, the great lion. So she's asking, who is Aslan? And she's talking to Mrs. Beaver, and the beaver, Mrs. Beaver, uh, she asks, so is Aslan a man? And, And Mrs. Beaver says, Aslan, a man? Certainly not, I tell you. He is the king of the wood, the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. I love that. The son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Next time you pray, begin that way. Dear God, son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Now that's a God who could affect your life. Don't you know that king, he is the king of beasts. Aslan, a lion, the lion, he is the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was just a man. Well, she said, is he quite safe? I mean, I would feel rather nervous being around a lion. But Mrs. Beaver says, that you will, my dearie. You will not. You will will feel nervous around him. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without knocking their knees, they're either braver than most or they are just silly. 
I love this. Then Lucy asks, but is he safe? And Mrs. Beaver says, safe? Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver is trying to tell you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe. But he is good. Our God is not safe. If you want a safe God, you want a fortune cookie God, you want a Confucius. But if you want a God who can actually do something with your life, who can transform your life, who can work with your problems, which, which are bigger than you and I, then you want a God who is great. You want an emperor beyond the sea. And so as we begin this together, I want you to think about that, how God works in your life and how you may be a little bit afraid of this God. And so the first thing I just want to lift up for you today as you think about that this summer is to remember that it actually takes courage to have a big God. It actually takes courage. There were a couple of fishermen one day and they were out fishing and there was this expert fisherman and he was pulling in medium-sized fish and putting them in his cooler This novice fisherman was getting these huge fish, and he kept pulling them in. As soon as he'd get them off his hook, he would say, oh, no, that's too big, and he'd throw it back. Well, then the expert fisherman would pull in a fish, and he'd put it in his cooler, but it would be smaller. And finally, the other guy kept bringing in bigger and bigger fish, and he kept saying, too big, and he'd put it in his cooler. And the expert fisherman said, what are you up to? And the novice fisherman said, well, my frying pan's just not that big. (laughs) Yes, that's an awful joke, but... This is my point. A lot of people who are Christ followers have a perception of God as a small frying pan. And if you want to think about your problems as fish, we pull in these problems, these great big problems. But we only have this small notion of God. And so we say, well, that's too big for my notion of God. My frying pan's small. And so we throw them back. And we figure God can't handle them. One of my favorite singers is uh, Cheryl Crow, and she seems to sort of just always say exactly what uh, is on my mind as I'm thinking, maybe not leaving Las Vegas, but anyway, the rest of the songs I think she's good. But one of the songs I love that she sings is called, Are You Strong Enough to Be My Man? You know that song? Are you strong enough to be my man? Now, I like that song because there's a notion that she's maybe had men who are not that strong in her life. But the question I would have for Cheryl Crow, if she were here today, and maybe she is. If you're here today, Cheryl Crow, this is what I want to ask you. Are you strong enough to have a strong man? It takes courage to have somebody who can actually be strong in your life. And I hear so many Christ followers say to me, I need a stronger God. I need a bigger God. You see, all of my problems here, I need somebody who's bigger than all of these things. And my question to you is, are you strong enough to have a strong God? Are you courageous enough to have a courageous God? Are you big enough to have a big God? Because if you have a big God, it will mean that you are not in charge. If you have a great big God, it will mean that you are not just clicking and sending your papers and going, ah, A+. You'll be sending your stuff into God and God will come back and say, actually, that was a C-. minus. Keep working at it. It takes someone who's strong to want to have that kind of discipline in their lives. And the beginning of that is fear. This last week was fun. I'm so much happier being in Paso Robles where it's just perfect weather and dry and all that. But very humid in Tennessee and very rainy. It was like the monsoon season. And I remember clicking away on my computer working on something and talking to my dad. And there was this thunderstorm outside, which we don't get many of here. But, you know, the rain starts to come down. 
and like a crack of thunder. And it's nice, you know. And I, I called my dad and said, did you hear that thunder? And I was just chit-chatting away with him. I think my feet were up on the table. And then I heard this crack. And all the lights went out around and thunder and things rattled. And it was like God saying, this is thunder. I am God. I am not one to be trifled with. We used to sing this old song in, in church called, How Great Thou Art. It's a beautiful song. And the words are powerful. And, but the words, how great thou art, we don't usually talk like that much anymore. You don't wake up and say, hi, honey, how art thou? But maybe you should. I don't know. Maybe it would work for you. But the words literally mean, how big is our God? How big you are. I love the beginning of that line. A wondrous God, when I, in awesome wonder, in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds, the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, the power throughout the universe displayed. It's that perspective of God that gives us a sense of our own lives. So that's the first thing. Are you strong enough to have a strong God? Number two is this. Think of God as the lion and you are the lamb. It's one of these images in the Bible that is beautiful. Basically, the notion is at the end times, the lion will lay down with the lamb and the sheep, uh, the the horse will lie down with the cow and, and there will be peace in the world. So that's the notion of that. But there's a deeper meaning to this text. Who is the lion? Who is the lion of Judah? It's God. And who is the lamb? It's you and I. I, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We're the sheep. Now look, if you put a sheep into the lion's pen down in a Tascator Estate Zoo, you're going to be a little afraid for that sheep. But what if you are the sheep? You just get put into this lion's den. How is your interaction with the lion going to be? Well, you're not going to want to make the lion mad, right? You're going to do whatever you can kind of do to respect the lion. Well, I'll tell you what. If the lion loves the lamb and someone tries to come mess with the lamb, they've got to deal with the lion. He's the king of beasts. Now, you get this question. Do you want to have a God who's a lamb, just two lambs together? Or would you rather have a God who's a lion and respect that God and have a little bit of fear for that God and a God that's actually big enough to handle whatever God and whatever the world throws your way? So think about that. God is the lion, and you are just the lamb. Today's Dad's Day, and I, I don't have a message for dads, but I just have one thing to say. I know it's hard to be a dad. I know the pressures in your life. I know the pressures that your kids put on you. I know the pressures that you feel at work. I know the pressures that you feel at, with your, in your marriages. And I know that the world expects you to be a lion, but you're not. You're just a lamb. And as soon as dads figure out that they're just lambs, and actually a healthy family is one in which the spouse and the kids recognize their dad is just a lamb, but the lion is the great king, that can be a healthy and happy life. So you be the lamb and let God be the lion. The last thing I want to lift up to you is this. This God that we worship, he really did turn the tide of the universe. One God-man, Jesus Christ, who came and he lived and he died And he came back to life again. He came back to life again. 
And that means that you and I can come back to life again. This is like the worst summer for, for TV I've ever seen. I think like the, nobody has any money left, and so they're rerunning old movies. So I was watching Footloose again. So it's pretty bad in my house. And you remember that movie with Kevin Bacon, and, you know, he's a dancer and all that. So, but I did see this interview with Kevin Bacon and his son, and his son was just six years old. And his son was talking to uh, Kevin Bacon and saying, Dad, it was so cool when you just, like, burst through that door in that movie. You are so cool. The dad said, actually, Kevin said, that was actually a stunt, man. I didn't do that. And you could see the kid's face was so crestfallen. Well, remember when you spun around and around in that thing, and then you kind of came out and then you danced again? Wow. Actually, said Kevin, that was a gymnastics expert. You didn't do that either, Dad? No, no. What did you do? Well, said Kevin, I got all the glory, and someone else did all the work. But we worship a God who did all the work, Very little, very seldom do we actually give him the glory, the honor, the fear, the respect for that. So next week when you come up this little walkway and you see this cross out here on the lawn, don't see a piece of jewelry. Don't see a statue. See the mechanism that changed the tide of history. I mean, if you walked up and you saw a nuclear missile on the corner of our lawn... You'd be a little afraid, wouldn't you? But, but the God that we worship is so much bigger than that. See, everything died before Jesus Christ. Everything, mountains, planets, universes, bugs, everything. But when Jesus came and died and came back on that cross, he made it so that those who believe in him will live forever. Let's pray to the God, and as we think about God as we pray to him now, come with a bit of fear in your heart. O great emperor beyond the sea, O high king, O Aslan, O majestic warrior, you are so much bigger than we are. And we have these lives that we think are so significant. We have these problems which we think are so big. But you are so much bigger Lord, if there's anyone here today who has a small notion of you, we ask that you would open our hearts and have the courage to see God bigger than we've ever seen you before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.